Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Missing the Point, we'll discuss how the sports world has once again been affected after the shooting of another black man in Minneapolis, and if we think anything will really change this time, considering this is not the first time we've talked about the subject on this show. We'll also get into our main topic, that of the National Basketball Association. We'll talk about our biggest disappointments throughout the NBA, and talk about if the Celtics are finally starting to turn around their season, or if they're just the same team that we've seen the last couple of years with better players. And who needs to go if the Celtics fail miserably again in the playoffs this year? We're looking at you, Horseshoes. This is Missing the Point, episode 53. But it's all relative. Welcome into Missing the Point. I am your host, Michael Marcangelo, as always, joined by the real BK Bob Kelly, Rayshon Buchanan, and Craig D'Alessandro. And today, it's our basketball show. We're talking all things NBA, all things Boston Celtics. It's going to be one of those feel-good shows. But before we get to the antics that we usually do, I want to open up with the topic that has swept the world. Brooklyn Nets beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 127-97. to Playing their game that was postponed from yesterday due to another shooting of a police officer of an african-american man dante wright in minnesota so i, I want to open it up and, and and talk about this again i said it pre-show I, I guess it was good i'll say it again i can't sing but i'm not tone deaf we need to talk about this so Rayshon, what's your reaction not only to the, the events but how about the way that all major sporting leagues came together around it and postponed most games that are around that area yeah, well, yeah. Th- thanks for you know coming to me first, man. But no, I think you know it's a shame that Minnesota is becoming the epicenter of these type of events. So the stuff that happened with George Floyd, obviously a few years back, the stuff that happened with Philando Castillo. Well, let me call it what it is, the murderings. Let me let's not say the stuff, the murders that took place. You know, with with those two gentlemen. You know, they lost their lives over senseless acts by law enforcement. It's a shame that it continues to happen. You know. You know, Bobby, he'll get into it when he speaks, but, you know, it's just crazy that, like I said, obviously we're in 2021 and we could still, you know, make those quote-unquote mistakes because they know exactly what what they're doing. And it's, it's like, it's disheartening, it's disappointing, it's whatever negative word you want to put with it. And, and I'm just tired. And honestly, to say as a Black man in America, I cannot say that I feel safe walking out of my house at any given time. Yes, I'm in Massachusetts where it's more liberal and things of that nature, but I can't say if I'm walking out that it's for certain that I'm coming back home, you know, and, you know, back in one piece, so to speak. So that's a heavy burden to bear. And, you know, I don't take that lightly. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, that the three of you don't take that lightly. And, you know, also I know Joe and Dave feel the same way, but they're not with us tonight, but it's just crazy. But as far as the sporting leagues taking that, taking that stance, so to speak, I feel like they essentially had to. You know, I think to still keep playing yesterday would have shown them being tone deaf. So speaking to what you, you just alluded to, even in baseball, did the same thing. You know, the Red Sox and Twins games were taken down. The NHL did the same thing, too. The yeah, NHL, yeah. So, yeah, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. So it's like you just had to. One, because like you, you can't be tone deaf. But then two, you, you just don't know what would have happened had, you know, I'm assuming most of those arenas are downtown. And if those people, you know, people out there would have been protesting, whether it was peacefully or, you know, chose not chose to riot. You know, as, as we know, Dr. Martin Luther King said it best that the riot riots are a language of the unheard. So that that could have happened last night. Hell, it it, it, could, it could still happen. You know, we, we don't know. But I, like I say, I guess it, it was a nice small gesture. I mean, wearing a T-shirt at this moment doesn't do 
anything. I don't know if we're going to get back to what they did in the bubble, whereas, you know, players are setting out games and choosing to boycott a game. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, we talked about that all the way back in like episode three, which is crazy. But even from episode three now to going past 50 episodes, we're still talking about the same shit. So going in from 2020 into 2021, we talked about Jacob Blake in that episode. Now we're talking about, you know, we're talking about Dante Wright and nothing has changed. So that's the part that's disappointing the most, but I mean, it is what it is, but I, I, at the end of the day, I know that they had to do that in order to, I guess, in order to save face. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, Bobby, uh, your reaction like was, I mean, uh, I think Rayshon hit it on the head, right? They did what they had to do. It would look really bad to play those games downtown in an area that that has just gone through what it's gone through. Call it what it is, right? Another senseless killing of what, for all intents and purposes, what should have just been a routine traffic stop or a warrant being served, right? And I'm not on the soapbox. I'm not trying to preach anything to anybody. This is a sports podcast for sure. And I'm on the fundamental belief, and I promise I'll kick it over to you, that like I like my sports to stay separate from everything else, right? Unless things are just categorically wrong. Unless they have to, unless they have to take a stand, but something that is so wrong that you just can't ignore it. And this is that. This is it's still that, as Rayshon said. A year later, you know, we'll call it what it is. Decades, uh, centuries later, it's still the unju- just the unjust treatment of those that don't look like you and me. So, Bobby, like your reaction to everything that happened, and then and how how the major sport the major sports leagues handled it was it posturing? Did they do the right thing? So, yeah, they absolutely did. I, I just want to go back to what, what Rayshon was saying. It's it really is unbelievable that in 2021 we're still talking about this. Like he said, our third episode ever was about the basketball protest due to a, a senseless killing when we first started this podcast, and here we are, episode what forty. We're like one off, 42, 43, whatever it is. No, and we're, we're, in the, st- we're in the 50s now, dude. We're 50s. And we're still here talking about it. And, and it, it's unbelievable to me that cops are held to a lower standard, in my opinion, than any other employment I've ever been a part of. If, if people were making the same mistakes over and over and over and over, and then you make that mistake, you're done. You know what I mean? You're fired. You're done. And these cops are sitting here still doing these things to this day, and half of them barely face any any problems. So it's unbelievable to me that we're still in this place. You said you can't sing, but you're not tone deaf. Seems like most, I don't want to say most, a lot of cops have seemed to be tone deaf from what we've seen in, in the public right now. And it's unbelievable to me. But going to sports, yeah, I, they have to do it this way. You know what I mean? Sometimes it gets to a point where, Something's bigger than sports, and that's what this is. It's getting to a point where sports are so minuscule compared to what's happening in the world. It's unbelievable that this still is happening to this day. But, yeah, they handle it right, 100%. Yeah, and, again, these are our our opinions. We're not trying to tell you how to feel. But, again, what's, what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. What happened was wrong. That's just a fact. And hopefully for the one of the very few times, justice will actually be served and we can start moving in a direction that is opposite of the one that we're currently in. But unless anyone else has anything to add to this, I think we should really start uh, talking a little bit about sports. I, I, I enjoy pissing Rayshon off about basketball. It's why I agreed to do the basketball podcast. So I think that's, a, that's about as seamless as a transition as we can get. We're sitting here. It's April, Tuesday, April 13th. The Eastern Conference is pretty much what we thought it would be, minus the Celtics being uh, absolutely terrible. So I'm going to give you a rundown, right? The Philadelphia 76ers come into the number one seed, 37 and 17. Doc is doing, again, what, what we thought he would do. We'll talk a little bit about that. Brooklyn Nets, number two, my, the Milwaukee Bucks, number three. The Hawks, four. The Heat, Jimmy Butler came back. That team came back. They're in, the, they're in the fifth seed. Just like we said they would. Yep. Charlotte at six, the Celtics at seven, and uh, the New York Knicks at eight. So right now, as a whole, we can talk about the teams that aren't currently, if the season ends today, would not be making the playoffs. But your top eight in the Eastern Conference, who surprises you so far, Rayshon? Who is exactly where you thought they would be? So, I mean, Charlotte and Atlanta have to be the two major surprises, right? I mean, if we're not talking – 
teams outside of Boston, right? So Atlanta had an eight-game winning streak this season so far. You know, they fired Lloyd Pierce and then obviously, you know, Nate McMillan, who we also talked about on that same episode about certain coaches getting, you know, getting their just due. Nate McMillan has, has been a good coach no matter where he's been, and he's proving it now in Atlanta as well. So they've been awesome. Trey Young is taking, taking the leap. You know, John Collins is, is, is doing what he does. That man's definitely going to get paid in the offseason for sure. Charlotte, right? So, I mean, obviously they've been ridden by injury. So that part's unfortunate. You know, Hayward's been hurt and obviously LaMelo Ball's out for the year who probably would have been rookie of the year. I know people are vying for um, Anthony Edwards, but LaMelo Ball makes Charlotte watchable again. And he, he was just, he, he was awesome. He was great for their, for that franchise in that city. Um, but for them to be in the top eight, when I, I think in our prediction show, you know, we talked about them really missing the playoffs, but I think Joe and I mentioned that they could be a surprise. I'm not sure, but here they are. Like Hayward was playing like an all-star for most of the year. Terry Brazier has been great. PJ Washington. So they have they have a nice little young core there now with some veteran talent. So those are two teams I can think about just off rip that are really, you know, they're really shocking everyone in the East. But, you know, let's say we'll see if it lasts. Bobby, your, your biggest surprises so far as it's currently constituted for the top eight teams in the East? Uh, the Knicks, number one. Julius Randle, to me, his emergence this year has just been unbelievable, man. Like, I always liked Julius Randle as, like, a, a fourth guy on a team. You know, I thought he would be a really good piece for a championship contender. But what he's shown this year is just unbelievable. He's I think he leads the league in triple-doubles, I'm pretty sure. But he's averaging over 20 points a game. The Knicks are in that A spot. Not only is that, but the Knicks finally have an identity. And that's something that I didn't see coming into this year. They actually have a direction for the first time in the last decade. So I think that our team, we need to start paying attention to. I do like the Knicks roster. So they're definitely up there for me. The other one is the Raptors being on the outside. I know this is a rebuilding year. But I at least thought that they would be above the Bulls, the Pacers, the Knicks, teams like that. Seeing yeah. them on the eleventh, looking out and pretty and being pretty far away from that eighth spot. I know there's the play in this year, so all they have to do is really get to what ten, right? It's eight, nine, ten, or in the seven, seven, eight, nine, ten. So all they have to do is get to there. But seeing them that far back is surprising to me. I do think that they're going to make a run and get into that play in tournament, but twenty one and thirty three, dude. Rough this year. They're rough. But I, I think with them, though, between the Siakam injury, yeah. you know, Lowry's missing some time, obviously most important, the point, like, they, they have one of the best home courts in the league. Maybe if not the in Toronto. Yeah. yeah, in Toronto. You know what I'm saying? So in Toronto. So it's like, so for them to be playing in Tampa all year, you know, they're, they're not running it back. <laughs> like, like we were talking about, they're not going for two, as that coach <laughs> down there said. They're not going for two. So, and I, honestly, I think the playoff run really – or the run of the playoffs is caught up to, to Toronto, right? So you got to remember, like, that, that core has been there for a while. So, you know, Lowry and, you know, Van Vliet and, you know, Siakam. And it's like, you know, those games after a while start to, you know, start to pile up. So, yeah. you know, it kind of reminds me of what happened back in the day with, you know, with Detroit, right? Detroit had went to three straight finals. They went to a few conference finals in a row. And, you know, when you're constantly going deep into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and you're not really replenishing the roster in the offseason because you're just worried about being a contender – this is what happened. So between that and then not being in their in their arena at all all year, being in their in their actual beds, you know that that really upset the apple cart for them. So it's a shocker, but it's not a complete shocker. Thinking when things have been uprooted, and you know athletes in general, people in general are just creatures of habit. So they've been uprooted from what they they know. So that's why their record is the way it is. My biggest surprise, and again, if you listen to this show, you, you this doesn't happen a lot. So just make sure that you bookmark it. I was wrong about the Nets, man. I thought that they were going to maybe a fifth or sixth seed. I, I, I thought they would go deep in, in, in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But the first year when a team brings in, you know, different personalities and different superstars, the record you, like isn't always great, right? I think we saw with – the biggest thing for me is Miami that first year. They were not great until they were later in the season. I mean, Brooklyn's 37-17. and 17. Right, they're tied for first in the in the in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. They've added even since James Harden, the Marcus Aldridge, who is a great addition. Blake Griffin, again, another good addition. They they look to be some team that will prove. What, I think what we already know in the NBA is that if you have that much talent, coaching doesn't matter. Right. I think it might bite them in, in the finals if if LeBron and, and Anthony Davis come back and they're healthy. But I think that the Nets are my biggest surprise. 
outside of Boston, because trust me, we'll dig into them a little bit. And I I think Bobby hit it also too. the Knicks. I remember doing our our preseason predictions. The Knicks were at the bottom of the barrel. Bobby there was said, no Mike, doubt about it to us. Mike, yeah. Mike, you just let me handle the bottom, right? And like you can insert like your like 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 your little controversy here and there, but like I I, I know my stuff and I, I I believed him. But he did say, "I'll give you the credit." You did say, "This team has the ability to surprise you because of the talent that they do have, but it's unproven." Also, I did call the Hawks for the record. I told you the Hawks were going to be good because remember, remember we had them out and I was like, nah, man, the Hawks have something this year. And I think Rondo wasn't the right point guard for them. I really like who they, Willie, Lou Williams is there now, right? Yeah. I really like Willie Williams in Atlanta now. I think he's a good uh, guy to play with Trey Young. I really like Atlanta. They can outscore you any night you're in the court. Atlanta can outscore you. That's a team. That first round matchup, I hope we get it. I hope Atlanta finishes around six or seven so we can get that Brooklyn-Atlanta first round matchup because it's just going to be 150 to 148 every single night. So <laughs> well, on, on, honestly, that's that's not what you I mean, from I guess from a, st- a fan standpoint, I guess you know you should say that. But honestly, the hope needs to be that Boston gets finds a way to get to the fourth seed like immediately. Find a way to get, get to the fourth seed. And then let either Atlanta or Miami duke it out to be that five seed because that's that's your best chance of moving on to the second round. Because if they're the seventh or eighth seed, they're they're not beating Philadelphia or Brooklyn in the first round. I think they could be Philly in the second round. Great to say, but I, that, that's just how how I personally see it right now. And beat is on fire. And yes, and I, I have to steal the line from Mike about you know being you know being wrong, right? You know, when you guys talked about Philly being top two, I immediately scoffed at that. I just felt like Philadelphia was going to be, they were going to implode, like how you thought Brooklyn was going to implode. Joel Embiid is balling. He he, he was the MVP before he got He's hurt. unbelievable this year, bro. Um, He's you know, unreal. Yeah, unbelievable. So, you know, Simmons is playing great defense. Tobias Harris looks like a relevant NBA player again. You know, you know Doc Rivers' son-in-laws, you know, Seth Curry is, is doing things. And, you know, they got Matisse Steibel and Tyrese Maxey and, and Shake Milton. So, they they have this is really the best team they've had since that 2017-2018 year when they lost to Boston in the second round. You have to surround those two being Simmons and Embiid with shooters, and they have that now. So to me, you know, they're beatable, but it's just like it's it's gonna be hard because like they're, going, it's hard. they're not beatable at home in the regular season. I mean, they're 20 and five, which is unreal. <clears throat> It's not, but that's how it's been though during this era with them. They played well, even when they were trash. Like when it was trust the process, like they they was good at home then. And then, like I said, once Embiid and Simmons started play a lot more, then it was like, oh, if you coming into the Wells Fargo Arena, it's you know either you come to play hard or they're gonna run you out the building, and that that's what's been happening. So yeah, we're, we're gonna see. What's fun about Philly this year is we're finally seeing the Embiid that we've been begging for yeah. five years now. You know what I mean? That Embiid that's not scared to get down low and, and, and fuck people up. You know, he's not, he's still taking threes, but he's not taking pull-up threes anymore. He's not taking threes that, that you, you don't see centers take anymore. He's playing the way he should be playing. And that's down low, dirty. He's a dog this year. So that's, and and that's, that's when, when he, right. It, it is coaching a hundred percent. And it, when he plays like that, he is, I don't, this is a, a hell of a comparison, but he's oh as unstoppable as Shaquille O'Neal. When he plays like this, he's on that level of, of domination. If not, you He's a Kimolaja one, not, not, not Shaq. He's okay. a king. Okay. So, all right, so the next tier down, fine. Yeah. It, but when you sit down and actually watch one of these Sixers games, do it when they're not playing the Celtics, do it when they're playing the friggin', I don't know, the Pacers, right? Yeah. Actually be able to sit there and watch him play, and, and, and it's so enjoyable, man. It's so awesome to watch Joel Embiid do his thing this year because it, it's all the promise and everything that we've been hoping for the last five years when he's been out of shape, when he's been a bum, he doesn't hustle. Listen, Doc Rivers got there. It was like, listen, Joel, I can turn you in to a beast, man. And, and he listened to him. He bought in. And that's why where we are, where we are with them, where they are. So you were yeah, right, Mike. Gonna be, yeah, Full well, circle. 100% I, right. It was I was right. But remember what I said, like that, that Philly was going to be a great regular season team because of Doc. But they would crumble in the playoffs because of Doc, right? Like that's still there. I, I, I think that. 
this team is still unproven until they hit the playoffs. And, and I think Doc has a lot to prove in the playoffs. But I didn't think they were going to be 37 and 17. Like they're playing 72 games this year, right? So they're, they, they are on pace to still win 48 or 50. That's a wild winning percentage. And I mean, the winning percentage is 685. Think about that. Doc Rivers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who, you know, who before the season had a lot of naysayers, is the exact same record as that all-star team in Brooklyn right now. That's a testament to how good of a coach Doc Rivers is. But you know, you know why that's the case, though? Like this Philly team fits Doc Rivers, right? Yeah. That Clippers team, they were trying to chase, they were trying to chase the Lakers. Even I'm talking about even with the Kobe years, like it's just, just don't, they don't want to be the second fiddle. And you know, you know, you know, you guys have your Jack Nicholson, we got our Billy Crystal, and you know, now we have, you know, they get rid of Donald Sterling, bring in Steve Ballmer. And so, you know, there, there was some fresh blood bring, you know, being brought over there. So, you know, they were trying to get to that level, you know, with Chris Paul and you know, Matt Barnes, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, but it's like it was still kind of Hollywood, so to speak. Yep. He's a gritty guy. That's why that oh team won because it was like okay kg was a monster that's what he's turning and beat into he's, he's becoming a kg type of player but he, but he's he's bigger than what kg was you know what i'm saying so it's just like up. not yet not yet he's he's doing it but this is i feel like there, there was nights and not not in boston but, say, but we, we forget how good kevin granite was in minnesota where but i i just he would i just get mean 46 though, and 20 he'd be like oh man like it, it was like, that's true you're terrifying. right yeah, <laughs> but I I just mean when it comes to Embiid is like when he's playing at his best, it, it's dude, it's he's it's literally there is nothing you can do, you know what I mean? So that's why I really feel like when he's at his best, he is on that level, man. He really is because you're right. That's what Doc has turned him into. Is he's if Joel keeps up this level of production for multiple years, I mean, we don't know if he can. We don't know if his knees or his feet will hang in there, but he's going to be among the top centers ever. And there's no doubt about that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll still take Nikola Jokic. You know, those that know me outside of the show, I, I am a huge Nikola Jokic fan. We'll get to the Joker. We'll get to the Joker. Don't worry. He's a problem. And it's just like, man, he, to me, that's the guy I would start with. That's just my opinion. But yeah, like I said, Embiid is definitely playing on another level for sure. Moving on to the Western Conference. I think this is the biggest surprise conference that we have here. I mean, so number one, Utah Jazz, 40 and 14. Phoenix Suns, number two, 38 and 15. Clippers at three. Nuggets at four. Lakers, again, that's, there should be a little bit of an asterisk next to that because of LeBron AD. But Trailblazers at six. Mavericks at seven. Memphis at eight. Of your top eight teams, who is the biggest, like, what team is the biggest riser in the Western Conference, Bobby? I mean, you got to go with the Suns, right? I mean, I thought they were going to be good this year coming into the season. They were that team everyone was hyped on. But 38 and 15, man, this team is an absolute wagon this year. They, they are just dominating. Chris Paul is playing the way Chris Paul does. It, it's, this guy is the point god. He's unbelievable. Mikhail Bridges. We have Devin Booker. Like These guys are just loaded this year, and they're ready for a run. They're the team that I think is going gonna, is gonna to be able to push the Lakers, push the Clippers. I like the Jazz, but the Suns to me, man, they're so fun to watch with Paul and Booker. They're 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 my NBA League Pass team. Every single time I log on the League Pass, if the Suns are playing, I click on their game, hundred percent. Ray, biggest riser in the West. Yeah, I mean, Bobby said it best. Like, it has to be Phoenix. I'm actually surprised that Portland is, is still six because I feel like they've had a lot. Of, they've been, you know, killed with injuries too with CJ being out. Melo had a little bit of a resurgence this year over there. Obviously, Dame has been Dame. I mean, you know, he's hitting, shot, hitting shots on like the Nike building. You know, I made that reference because the Nike building is in Oregon, but he's been, he's been hitting it from like Eugene, Oregon. It's ridiculous. Dame is awesome. But, you know, Joe, you know, you're not on the show with us tonight, brother, but we got the Utah Jazz pick right. We said that Utah was going to be a problem. And man, had they been, man, had they ever been a problem? You know, Mr. Coronavirus himself, Rudy Gobert has been great. Donovan Mitchell has been awesome. You know, speaking of Mitchells, I know this is, this is, we're talking about pros, but watch out for another 45. And it was David Ryan Mitchell from Baylor. He's going to be a rookie this year. He's, he's going to be a problem, <laughs> but I, I just had to put that in the, he's, he's a problem. But yeah, Utah has been awesome. And I, I have to bring this up. We got to kill the narrative that Chris Paul is not a winner. Yes, I get that he has not been to a finals, but he hasn't won. If you let me finish, sir. Thank you. I sorry. appreciate you. So sorry, much. sorry, sorry. My thank, bad. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. 
whenever there's a mean, not a mean, but there's a, there's a graphic somewhere that shows the winning percentage that changes from the team. When he was on the, the year before he got there to the year he gets there, the team automatically gets it like at least about a 20% win increase. So yes, he plays, he makes winning plays, he makes teams better. And, but it's like, I, and I get it because I know it feeds into, you know, you and DK's point about how, you know, a guy that's six feet can be your best player on a championship team. Obviously, we've had a few exceptions, but Chris Paul makes your team better. There's no way that Phoenix is 38 and 15 without Chris Paul. That, that's just not happening. Yes, they surprised people in the bubble by winning a straight, you know, to try to force a play in, but they didn't, they didn't get there. But Chris Paul, he impacts winning, unlike like most players in the league. So to say that he's, you know, he's a loser. And I'm like, most of us saying this, and I'm like, this is not a knock on you. I'm, this is a knock to some people I know that's going to be listening to this. And they've been saying, congrats on the success of the show. Some of y'all. <laughs> now we're going to, now we're going to shit on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, that's, that's fine. That's, that's Thanks fine. for listening. They, they, they know how I am. Some some of y'all didn't get a YMCA trophy. And y'all, y'all have a nerve to talk about Chris Paul. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's one thing to say that he didn't play well, play, but I'm like, to say that he's trash? Nah. No. So well, I'm like, those of you listen, you know who you are when you listen to this and you can write to me. Remember my, my Instagram is underscore Hollywood Wale. You know, you can find me on Facebook at Rayshon D. Buchanan, all that. You, you can write to me. But to say he's trash, so it's like you have not, <laughs> you didn't get more than a YMCA trophy. Chill. I mean, you know, you. I mean, you really know you've made it big as a podcast when you can individually uh, go after listeners one by one. Like that's a telltale sign of knowing how big, <laughs> but what I will say, there's a there can be a difference between being being those people that believe that he's trash, and he's not a winner, right? Scoreboard, he's not a winner. As exponentially better as he has made teams the, the year that he's gone on to them, how many of them have won a championship? Rhetorical zero, because he, for some reason, and I don't know if it's just bad luck. Maybe it is. And if that's the case, sure. You know, there are great players in this league that never won a championship. Carl Malone is, is one of one of the best. Never won. And I, I don't think that we that we call I mean, would you call Carl Malone a loser? No. Him, him or John Stockton. But yeah. I know there's people that are because once again, but at least they got to the finals twice. So they yeah. got there. But to say, I mean, are we shame shaming them for losing to Michael Jordan? Are we are we doing that? No. Is that like I mean, are we shaming <laughs> Uh, are we shaming him for losing to Hakeem Olajuwon in the conference finals? Like, I, I just, I nope. don't understand that. Matter of fact, they beat, they beat Houston as well, too, well, after coming off that. So it's just like, I don't, like I said, I'm not going to get into the rabbit hole. We can go. We, well, hold on. Okay, get, bring the 90 show later on. But <laughs> it's just like, I could go all day with that. But keep, keep going, Mike. One, one second, Bobby. But I, I don't want to go too far into the rabbit hole. But what's just the tip, okay? How about, how about we talk about, like, the murderer's row of, of players that, that beat you know, Carl Malone and, and John Stockton. Let's compare that to the murderers row of players that have kept Chris Paul from the finals. Oh, we can do that. You know who you know who kept him from the finals most years? It's just, it's Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Or James Harden. Oh, he was on Hard- with Harden. Kobe, but there was a couple Kobe, years Kobe where he Bryant. did lose to Kobe Bryant. Like, it, it really... So I'm, I'm going to defend Chris Paul here because I love Chris Paul. So, I'll, Ray, I got this one. I'll take it, man. I, I got it. <laughs> We're not, when we call him a winner, just, I've said this so many times on this show, just because you don't win a championship does not mean that you're not a winner. Championships are the hardest things to win, and it's the hardest thing to do in sports, literally. Chris Paul has brought every single team that he has been on to the playoffs. Year after year, this man's teams win. Last year, he went to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were tanking, and brought them to the playoffs. So every single time this dude goes to a team, all they do is win. Granted, can they take that next step? No. But that isn't always necessarily Chris Paul's fault, in my opinion. He had Doc Rivers in L.A. He had James Harden in Houston. When you have flawed pieces, guess what? You look pretty flawed. And I think that this Phoenix situation is the best situation for Chris Paul. And I think this year is going to be the difference. Yeah, but how many, really times, how many times have we said that? Like, didn't we say that about him in LA with Doc? Wasn't that, wasn't that it? Him, Blake, DeAndre, it wasn't that the best time for him to win. And then he didn't. I mean, it, he also, I mean, even in New Orleans. But I'm even, not denying that. But Yeah, even in New Orleans, right? Like, they, they were the two seed in, in 08. 
You know, they yep. he won they won 56 games with Tyson Chandler being the second best player. Are you kidding me? Sorry, no, sorry. Let me not sorry. Let me take that back. Let me not be disrespectful. They, David West. I'm sorry. David was the second best player. But it's just like David West and Tyson Chandler were part of your corner core big three. And they won 56 games with that team. Like, once again, what happened after he leaves? As soon as he leaves the team, yeah, I, I mean, granted, the Clippers are different because they, they were able to find Paul George and they got they brought in Kawhi. Well, guess what? Yes, Kawhi's a champion, but they both blew a 3-1 lead. Just saying. <laughs> so it's just like, so it's just like my, my thing is he, he impacts winning. Once again, yes, he doesn't have four or five rings, but not many players do, right? A lot of people don't even have one, right? That's what I'm saying, man. Winning a championship is hard, guys. And it is a team. It is a team <laughs> accomplishment. T-E-A-M as in team. It is a team accomplishment. And we murder players all the time, not just in basketball, but across sports. Well, oh, we didn't win it. Well, how, how many of your favorite players won one? My, my favorite player did, you know, shout out, shout out to Paul Pierce, the captain in the truth. My, my, my guy got one, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's just, I, I don't know, but it's just like, I don't know, man. Chris Paul, the slander on him is, is wild at times. And like I said, I, you know, I, I want to thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And it's just like, you know, but we, we can keep going with the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah, so a biggest loser in the Western Conference, Bobby, based on what you've seen so far, who has underperformed thus far, you know, given the expectations that you had? So I don't want to say underperformed. I would say the biggest loser to me currently today as we stand because of the devastating news that just happened is the Denver Nuggets. This team was primed to make a run, man. This is a good basketball team. I've told you guys this all year. Aaron Gordon goes there, and he's a perfect piece for them. I was so pissed we didn't get him, but we'll get there. He's a perfect piece in Denver. You have Jamal Murray. You have the Joker, who, to me, at this point, is probably the MVP of the league. This man is unbelievable. He's he's, he's Dirk Nowitzki 2.0. Uh, that's what Joe Kitch is. And then last night, devastating news Jamal Murray's out for the year and, and that's such a killer than that team man that's like Jalen going out for us or Tatum going out for us that's such a killer to that team I'm devastated for him I, I really thought the Nuggets were going to do something this year he's probably out for a lot next year too right? he tore his ACL yeah tore it the other biggest loser has to be the Golden State Warriors to see them Ow. down there at 10 listen because they all right maybe not the I was Maybe not. All right. No, no, I mean, I mean, you're defend right, your right. point. No, yeah. defend your no, no, point. No, no, but I'm no, like, because, how? Because it, to see some of the losses they've had this year with Steph Curry, man, it, it, it's devastating to me to see him on the sideline and them losing by 53 points in a game. Some, some of these games have been devastating. Here we go. It, they've been rough, man. The other one, wait, the other one, because the other one I was thinking. New Orleans Pelicans. That team should be so much damn better. Yeah, we we agree on that one. Yeah, they I agree with you. So yeah. much better to have Brandon Ingram and to have Zion Williamson, who is he's a treat, man. You got you watch him play. He's unreal, and, and that reason is Stephen Van Gundy, one hundred percent. He's the worst coach in the NBA. He's so bad. He's yeah. Ray, don't don't let what Bobby just did negate the passion that you just had. Talk about the Golden State Warriors a little bit and why they're not disappointing. Why Bobby's taking them being one of the biggest disappointments or biggest underperformers in his opinion is wrong. I mean, yeah, pe- people had them in the lottery, and I get it. Right now, they would be, but they the fact that they've won twenty six games. I think what are they twenty six or twenty eight, Mike? I, yeah. I don't have yeah. the yeah. for me, but. Yeah. The big, only two games out of the playoffs. Yeah, so to be only two games out of the playoffs without Clay, Andrew Wiggins was more inconsistent than the third grader at times. You know, it's it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And honestly, and I, I think I said this on a previous show, if they find a way to get in, do not be surprised if Clay Thompson comes back. And I promise you, if they sneak in to get a seven seed and Clay comes back, whoever's that top two seed, say if it's Utah's going home, they're going home. And, and, and mind you, that goes again. And I, I would, I, sorry, Joe, that, that would, we would lose, maybe lose a point there. I, I understand that. But I've seen it too many times with Steph and Clay when them boys catch fire. As we saw with Steph, uh, literally last night, the man had 53. That's why was I, I said that. I said the Warriors thing. And then literally <laughs> I remembered 53. It popped in my head. That man is un, unreal. You know, finally he has a number that surpasses Wilt because we know Wilt was a legend on and off the court for many reasons. We don't have to get into that. But <laughs> but it's, oh man, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, trust me, Bobby, you're not alone in that thinking. There's a lot of people that think that Golden State has underperformed. They think they're going to be a lottery team. But I'm telling you, do not let Golden State get into this playoff where Curry can get high in any game. I'm telling you, don't don't let it happen. Quick question before we uh, before we move on a little bit. If if the season were to end today as it's currently constituted, and let's say that the Warriors get to number seven, right? They play Phoenix. 
Who wins, man? I, I don't, but see, we say that because obviously it's Chris Paul and we, and, but a lot of the guys have not oh, been, I, no, I'm saying, I, but I got, I actually have going to stay in an upset. And that sounds crazy. I know that some people say that, but I just, Curry, and I'm, and I'm sorry, and much as we, we just praise Chris Paul, Steph Curry owns him. That's why I did Owns him in the postseason. Owns him. So that's not a, you know, he, he made that man play Twister on the court. If, if you don't believe me, go back and watch <laughs> it on YouTube. He made that man play Twister on the court. And, and even his teammates was like, damn. So like that is, it's, it's the, he owns that man. So I'm pretty sure that Chris Paul does not want to see him in the first round. Yeah. If, if, if Golden State gets into that tournament, the play-in tournament, that's going to be so fun to watch Steph Curry in a one game playoff again. It'll be like March Madness all over yep. again, man. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, I, I wouldn't hate that. I, yeah. I don't think they'll get by the Suns, but if they get into that play in tournament, they're going to win. But their core guy, I mean, I mean, obviously they have crowd. Jay Crowder's on there. Obviously, he just went to the finals last year. Obviously, Chris Paul's been in numerous playoff, has had numerous playoff appearances, but, you know, Booker's never been there. As good as he is, Booker's never been there. DeAndre Ayton's never been there. Mikael Bridges has never been there. So there's a lot of guys on that team that's a part of their core going forward that haven't had that pressure. Now, obviously, it's going to help. Having a Chris Paul there is going to help having even a guy like Jay Crowder there. But like I said, Steph, Steph and Draymond, as much as I can't stand Draymond, there's a switch that they turn on when it comes to the postseason. So I'm actually really intrigued by that point, Mike. I I really hope that matchup happens. And I, I'll take all bets on for that for that series, Bobby. I, you know, I'll take all bets on, like, <laughs> whether straight up, plus three, whatever, minus three, whatever. We'll talk. I, I'll take we'll Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> It's just interesting uh, to me that, like, for me, again, if it's Golden State versus any team that Chris Paul is on, I'm taking the Golden State. If it's No, they would be Dallas. They would be. The leader of your team is someone who, whether it's his fault or not, has not been able to get over the hump. And you're, and you are, you are, he's your leader. And you're on a team that has no other core guys that have ever made it. That's trouble because when you get down, then what happens? Right. And, And especially against a team like Golden State. Which they do not lose in the playoffs. They just don't ever. Do you, do you trust Damian Lillard though? No. Hell yeah. In the playoffs now. Wow. Well, should I tell me why? I mean, I feel. I mean, great. Outside of what happened a few years ago against New Orleans when they got swept, like he, he's he's sent people home yeah, <laughs> a few times. Like I, I I trust him in a moment. Like obviously they was out matched against Golden State. Like you're not beating Durant and those yeah. guys. Like that's not happening. But I guess anybody else, like you know, they might have had a chance to beat LA last year in the first round, but he ended up getting hurt, and some other guys got hurt. Like they, they it, K, KCP, there was an APB out for his defense. Like he was, he was missing. <laughs> he was missing in that play. Like Damon Little was getting whatever he wanted. So I trust Dame. I trust Steph. I, I, I trust CP3 too. I just don't trust him against Steph Curry because Steph Curry is going to get whatever he wants, and Steph Curry has the ability to send you home crying to your mama and your daddy. Immediately, right now it's way. it'd be the Trailblazers versus the Clippers. I mean, that it, that but that's a more even series that people think. People think, oh, because it's Kawhi and it's PG. Dame, who, who's going to guard Dame? Dame's not scared. That's the thing. Is Dame's never scared. Dame, 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 any any team that the Blazers face, they can beat them if Dame is healthy. Specifically, because listen, Dame's not scared, so that means that team's not scared. You know right, what I facts, mean? Well, like facts, they're facts. they're they're not gonna back down against anyone. It doesn't matter if it's fucking LeBron James. It doesn't matter. You saw Damon that All Star game, man. He oh, was like, you know 60 what? Sixty feet. Was game like, over. Sixty feet. Yo, I texted Ray in ball, a ball game. game, bro. Did you? <laughs> Damian Lillard is a dog, man. And in a seven game series, there's no one else that I would rather have on my team, if I'm being honest. There's, no, nobody else. There's there's no one else for seven games that I know is going to give me what you need to win. Granted, yes, LeBron James. All right, fuck it. LeBron James won, <laughs> gave me a lower two. Those are the two guys I would yeah. want on my team in a, in a seven-game series because it, it's just the unstoppable factor. Is like you could play the best defense in the world. Yep. In the world. It doesn't matter. You could be literally... This is gonna sound like it's not like it's not supposed to, but you can be literally inside this dude, and he's still gonna drain that fucking thirty footer in your face. It doesn't fucking matter. That's you know that's, I mean? yeah, so, that's yeah, splash splash city, right? Right. So though, to me, those are my two guys that I would take in a seven game series. So yeah, I trust. Ag- ag- I agreed. Uh, just a quick question before we go to the Celtics because we have a lot of happy go lucky stuff to talk about. You know, our green team finally, KD or or Lillard. Like, who do you take in the playoffs? Oh, Kevin Durant. 
Kevin Durant. I take Kevin Durant. Kevin, Kevin Durant. We, we, saw, we saw what happened when he was, you know, in the words of Matt's when he was crewed up, when he pulls off on that left side from 30 feet, it's good. We, we've never seen a guy like that. Guy, he's 6'11", got the handles like a guard. No, nah, it's, it's KD. He, he's the only guy that can rival LeBron. He, I, he, I, Kevin Durant is ridiculous. He's ridiculous. I, just want, I just wanted to bring that up because Bobby just said that there's no one besides LeBron, which is great, that he would trust more than uh, Lillard. But no, I mean, uh, let, 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 trust me. Honestly, he's top, he's top five. He's top five. He's top it's, five. It's, I, I would take Lillard. If you told me two guys that oh, – fuck, that's such a tough – it's so <laughs> hard to say. I don't know. Because I just feel like if you were building a team and you needed a leader, you needed a dog to lead you into that – into the. I don't want to call it war, but to lead you into war, the NBA playoffs. There's real. If if you gave me anyone, Damian Lillard just seems like, bro. I know what I'm getting out of him, and I know that we're gonna have a fucking chance in this series. So I, I man. But you, you know what's also crazy? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm this is the last point I'm making. Like, so we can keep probably going another ten minutes about this. The crazy part is, there's another guy that plays on Kevin Durant's team that I, I, I take in that moment too. And that, that's Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no, 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 no. That's fine. No, Kyrie's fine. When the game is on the line, yeah. I did. I mean, granted, we've seen it against we've seen it against Golden State. We've seen it against – he. he I pretty mean, much granted, it. it. Yeah. No, that, it wasn't pretty much it. He, he, <laughs> he, had, he had the game winner against Detroit and his first playoff series. Like, he's, he had like uh, – what's that? I forget what year that was. I want to say it was the 2017 conference finals when LeBron had like four fouls in like, like 20 minutes. And – you know, we we had just won game three because Jonas Jerevko, not Jonas Jerevko, Avery Bradley hit the game winner. And then, you know, it was like, okay, we're back and forth. And Kyrie was like, enough. Nope. Just whatever I want, none of you motherfuckers can guard me. It's a wrap. <laughs> and so I'm like, I've seen him take over games. So I'm just like, when he's on, and once again, we did see it in Boston too. So Boston fans, get this, get the salt out your, get the salt out your mouth. All these flavors that you chose to be salty, we seen it in Boston too. When he's on, that man is special. So he's another guy that I put in that conversation too. I would love for that to be another topic by itself on another show, since we're going to yeah. do it, obviously, so I can do a deeper dive. Because right yeah. now it's just going we off can. emotion and like what I remember. But yeah, those, those are guys I think of. Like I said Dame, Kyrie. I said, but Katie's got to be in the top two. Has to be. Yeah, we, we, when he's healthy, he's, he's ridiculous. We'll, we'll take a deep dive, dive t- take a deep dive into that. <clears throat> Not tonight, but on our next show for sure. So now we get to talk about our favorite team, right? <laughs> the, the team that brings that puts smiles on our faces, and I'm talking about the one and the only the Boston Celtics. Let me. I, I, I prepared a little statement. Close games have been an issue for the Celtics all season. They're 28 and 26. 21 of those 26 losses have been within five points in the last five minutes. Only the Suns have fewer losses that weren't within five in the last five. They lost their eight, their first eight clutch games after the All-Star break, shooting just one for 12 on clutch threes and six for 12 on clutch free throws. But the Seas broke through last week, right? I think we can all agree with that. Coming back from fourth quarter deficits to beat the Knicks and the Wolves after scoring just 37 points on 46 clutch possessions for the first eight games. They scored 37 on 25 Wednesday and Friday, shooting six for 11 on clutch threes. So my question is, who do we trust? The Celtics that we've seen before last week or the Celtics that we've seen since last week? Bobby, go ahead. This past week has been it's been a relief. I'll give you that. It absolutely has. And to see them play the way that they've been playing, I have a few stats that we'll get into that really do show that they are turning the corner here and they are figuring out the lineups that they need to use and that this isn't fake. You know, what scares me is even when it is going great, we still have these moments of like, there it is, there it is. Like even that Timberwolves game, Right, we were down huge. Came back. Those first twenty minutes were brutal yep. basketball. We were up eleven with three and a half minutes left, and ended up in overtime. So it's like, yes, I do trust this stretch, and there's some numbers that show that it is real. But there's just moments still where you see that leak through, and it scares you. But it's a hell of a lot less than it used to be. It really is. The last six games have been 
I've actually been able to watch the basketball games, the full games. I've been able to sit there and watch them. And, and that's something I haven't been able to say all year. So I'm going to repeat this again for Ray, and then I'll let him go. 21 of their 26 losses have been by five points within the last five minutes. Again, this team has duped us before, right? Because of the talent on this team, we know what they can be. And when we see glimpses of that, we're like, oh, they're back, right? They're seven and three in their last 10. So who do you trust? The team that you've seen up until last week? Or do you believe that this is that, that they've turned a corner and now this is the team that we can believe in? So honestly, I, I still believe it's a mix of both, honestly. Like I think they are that team that has shown, you know, to fall in late in late game situations, but also can be the team that's starting to actually figure it out. And so although we don't like to speak about this year with Celtics history because it, it pissed us off. If we go back that 2018, 2019 year, you know, the year they lost to Milwaukee in the second round, that team started out 10 and 10. And people were wondering, like, man, like, you know, what, what is going on? And, you know, can they, can, you know, can, can horseshoes, you know, making the adjustments that's going to, you know, that's going to make this team go. And so I think it was a game in New Orleans. I forget somebody went down and got hurt and the horseshoes had put Marcus Smart in the game. And so because of horseshoes adjustment, that team, they actually won eight in a row at that moment. And they, they went to 18 to 10 and, you know, you know, they was like, oh man, like, you know, we're back and we're doing this. And they had all this bravado and they were just going crazy. So, you know, you know, that was a good move by horseshoes at that time. Now, fast forward to this year, horseshoes puts in Brad, Brad, not Wanamaker, but he's no longer there. Horseshoes puts in a Rob Williams and the defense takes off. Right. And that's what happened with, you know, when horseshoes put smart in. Uh, a few years ago. So I just think that now that the defense is where we need it to be situationally, you know, situationally cor- uh, correct, right? As, as we talked about before off the air, their defense has gotten better. Yes, I know the, the Timberwolves score was wild, obviously 145 to 136. That was insane. Uh, shout out to Tatum for getting his career high uh, with 53 points that night. Finally getting to the fucking free throw line, you know, had to get that out there because I'm like, dude, like you got to shoot free throws. But I, I think that it's putting, you know, you never really want to get COVID, but I think with Tristan Thompson being out like this, and let us know, okay, we have, we finally have something in Rob Williams. Let's just go with this. And, you know, to Horseshoe's credit, <laughs> Horseshoe's there put in uh, Tristan Thompson after he came back. He said, you know, you know, he got on this press conference. It was like, you know, we're going to stick with Rob. Excuse me. So that that's, that's good. So, you know, I'm not changing what I feel about Horseshoe's, but I'm glad that he made some adjustments that have actually helped the team. And, you know, they're looking okay now. I know, like, it sounds like you're going to try, but I promise you, like, you cannot call Brad Stevens horseshoes enough. There's just not enough time. Yeah, it's was awesome. so true. It's it, it gets me yeah. every time. So, <laughs> so, so Bobby, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about like how we feel about the Celtics right now. But I think we, we would be doing ourselves a disservice not to preview a game. And for those of you that are listening uh, to this, hold this against us. They're playing the Portland Trailblazers tonight. They're playing your boy, your man, that one person that you would – the only person that you would take below LeBron James, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, right? How do we shape up against this team? And if we win this game, again, we'll be 8-3 and three in our last 11. Is that enough for you to believe that this team is making a run and pushing it into the playoffs? Yeah, I think this West Coast trip is going to tell us a lot. I really do. West Coast trips are always very telling of a team. I, I remember when the champion Celtics back in 08 went on that run in Texas. That was kind of the turning point of that season. So if we can come out of this run and, and, and go 3-1, and 4-0 and on this West Coast trip, I think that's a very good sign for this team. Tonight's going to be tough. Portland is kind of a trap game tonight because Portland's been struggling lately. I think they've lost four of six. It's their fourth game in like five days. So it is a game where we see the Celtics normally kind of lay an egg. So I'm a little nervous about that. But I I think we come out and win tonight. I really do. Tatum's just been on an absolute tear. So I want to give you guys uh, a couple numbers here for Jason Tatum. So before before the All-Star break, Jason Tatum was taking 21% of his shots inside the restricted area and shooting 62% on those shots. Since the All-Star break, he's taken almost 30% of his shots within the restricted area, which is within the paint, everyone, for anyone who doesn't know basketball, and then shooting 73.4% on those shots. So he's taking 6% more shots inside the paint, 
which means he's driving the basketball, which in turn has averaged 8.1 points per game at the rim. Also, he's taking 40% of his shots behind the arc, right? He's only shooting about 6% of his shots in between the paint and the three-point, which is something that we have been begging Jason Tatum to do his entire goddamn career. And to me, that's such a big contributor to what we're seeing to this team because Tatum isn't taking those 19-footers that are killing possessions anymore. He's taking good quality three-point shots. He's driving the basketball like we have been asking him to do for years. So if he can continue to do that, I really think this team is in good is in good shape. If if he reverts back to the Kobe Jason Tatum that we saw the past two years, or the I guess the anti Kobe is like the bad version of Kobe the past two years, then the season's going to end up right where we were. It, well, it really it, it, no, yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair to say. I I do think, and I'm like Bobby, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, Mike. You as well, even you as well, Craig. Remember last year when they went on this trip to Denver to Portland. I, I want to say it might have been Utah involved in it last year because they, they switched it up, obviously, because of what was going on with the schedule. This is when Tatum went on his run last year. He went on the run against yep. Portland. He had 41 against L.A. In L.A., they lost that game, but that was kind of his, like, a rival game. He had 39 against the Clippers. Like, so this was the trip last year that kind of catapulted Tatum. So I'm hoping that's the case now. You know, the biggest thing that we did, didn't bring up, they held Denver to eight points. <laughs> In the 40 fourth, to 8, man. 40 to 8. And, you know, Bob, Bob Ryan brought it up. I mean, I, I think Dan Shaughnessy brought it up, too, in, in his interview. You can listen to that in the show. Friend of the show. But uh, he's a friend of the show. That's right. So how you doing, Dan? But they went on a 36-6 run against Atlanta back in, I want to say, in the 88 playoffs. Because they played Atlanta a couple of years. But I think 88, that was the year that everyone remembers. So they, they did that against Atlanta. So this is one of the best quarters in Southeast basketball history. Like, it was awesome. And it kind of flew under the radar. And I'm like, yo, we've been clamoring for this team to actually play defense. And I'm like, I see it in the starting lineup tonight. You know, it looks like Horseshoe has been another adjustment. So <laughs> you have, uh, so it's going to be Kemba. Oh, no, it's still the same. So it's Kemba, Smart, Tatum, Brown, and, and, and then Rob. I thought they took Smart out, but I forgot that Fournier is still still riding the pine because he's under the COVID protocol. So this may be their best defensive lineup with having Smart and then Rob in there. They just have to keep playing like it, obviously, and just keep running, right? Just keep running, you know, off, off a rebound, just go. Rob is going to run the floor, and Rob spaces the floor, right? That's the key. So like I said, but hopefully, but just back to Tatum. You know, Tatum is definitely he's he's definitely still the best player. Like I know we were going back and forth, but it was better him or Brown. It's it's Tatum, and it's just like you know, sorry Dave, I, I know you you know you like you know you like Brown spirit, and you know actually most of y'all like Brown spirit. Y'all 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 can't stand yeah. Tatum for some reason. But you know, Bobby said it best about me. I think on another show that we did, I'm about the stars. <laughs> but I, I get the, the role players is, is not to say that Brown's a role player, but I'm saying like we you know we. Like, oh, we, we hold on to like these role guys like, oh, like, you know, the Jay Crowders and the Marcus Smarts. Man, that's that's cool. I was a Pierce guy. Now I'm a Tatum guy. Like, let Tatum be the guy. Let let him take us there. The numbers are showing that he's starting to improve. Only thing I want for Tatum and Brown, just keep moving the ball. That's what they've been doing lately, too. That's what's been helping. There was a couple of careless turn- turnovers where they moved the ball too much. But I'd rather see a turnover from that than it being, you know, you know, shake at the top of the at the top of the key. And then it's a fall away, a fadeaway three, or it's a uh, a shot that goes out of bounds from like 30 feet. So I like what I'm seeing, and I hope that this is the road trip that turns it around. So like Bobby said, if they go 3-1, 4-0, that would be awesome. And, you know, th- we're back in business. Yeah, so I guess the real uh, heart of my question is it feels like we've been so out on the Celtics all season long. Like we didn't trust them. We didn't believe that they had the t- – we knew that they had the talent, but we just didn't believe that they had the, the – Whatever it would take to get them to this next point. So if, if they go three and one or four and one, or if they sweep the, this uh, this West Coast road trip, right? And let's say they get into the playoffs as a fifth seed, and they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals again, and they lose. Do all the drastic things that we called for weeks ago still need to happen? Yes, horseshoes needs to go. It depends how. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, the Brad Stevens part. No, horseshoes. The horseshoes. The horseshoes. I, I can't horse say. It. So it's not gimmick infringement. It's okay. Okay. All right. All right. So horseshoes. So what's up? So, so, so one, horseshoes. two, three. Horseshoes. Horseshoes. Got to go. Because I think if they go to the Eastern Conference Finals, 
<clears throat> and you can be a star fucker all you want, Ray. Right? You want you love your Paul Pierce, you love your Jason Tatum. The fact of the matter is, the team with Isaiah Thomas and Kelly Olynyk made it the exact same distance as a team with your star and Jalen Brown. Right? Eastern Conference Finals has not gone any further than that. So let's say that they've reached the top, and it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you move one of them? Well, no, I'm taking this. I'm sorry, Ray. I'm taking this one. I'm so sick of this goddamn narrative, man. I'm so sick of it. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are fucking 24 years, 24 and 23 years old. Yeah. You do not move one of them. It will be one. Uh, unless you're bringing back a James Harden. Unless you're bringing back someone who is. Oh, no. Just, just oh, no. the ball. Oh, Listen, wow. I, oh, I've, no. I've, I've, I already told you, right? We've already said that <laughs> I've abandoned that take. I yeah, want James yeah, Harden like, here. Oh, my you God. Know that. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, like, unless you're getting back a baller like that, you don't move one of them because they're so young at this point. It, it's unbelievable to me the amount of scrutiny that these two guys face at this young of an age when they play as well as they do. The only reason the Celtics are even in a stratosphere of competing this year is because of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So the fact that this is a narrative in Celtics, it's not just you. I'm not coming at you. But the fact that this is a narrative is just, it's crazy to me because if this happens, like we still talk about the day the Bruins traded Tyler Sagan. We still talk about the day the, the Red Sox traded these stars. And I promise you, if we trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, we will be talking about it for 10 to 15 years when both of those guys, either one of them, is dominating for another team. And whoever we trade him for has been off our team for five fucking years. Yeah. So what Don't you just do said, it, Danny. Well, Don't hold on. What, what you just said. No. What you just said is a very interesting point that I want. I just want to quickly combat. I know that we've turned you leaf. We don't. We don't go after each other. But I'm going to go after you for this one, right? We hold on to the day that Tyler Sagan was traded because he won a Stanley Cup with the 2011 Bruins. We remember the days that stars were traded from the Red Sox because they had either just won a championship recently or they won the next year. My point, my biggest point of contention is, you say that we are where we are at right now. The only reason that we are in contention is because we have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. My counter to that is when we didn't have them, when we had nobody that anyone in the league valued, we were in the Eastern Conference Finals because of Brad. So then what? Because my point is, if you remove two of them and you only have him, you'll still be here. How do we get to the next level? Good, right? Get get rid of horses. Yeah. Yeah, you know, get rid of horseshoes, but also get rid of Kemba. That's that's um, wait, that's yes. the common denominator there. Wait, before yes. you, but that's the common denominator there, right? You have Isaiah, you have a dude that's averaging thirty points a game, can't even get to the finals. You have two of the best NBA prospects well, Boston okay. has seen well, in so long, can't get to the finals. Why is this on the players? We have two different. So wait, no, we have two different groups of players <laughs> that were very good teams. And he couldn't get him to, to the problem. It's, 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 to, be, to be fair, because you know, Mike, Mike, like Mike, Mike's doing denominator. what Mike does best. Jalen Brown, on that, well, no, well, he's good, but Jalen Brown was a rookie on that 2016, 2017 team. He was hardly playing. That's one. You want to keep Tatum? Go, go in, go in and get, go get Bradley Beal. And I, I promise you that Tatum will be here next year. So I'm here for it because Bradley Beal is only 27 years old. I'm here for it. Bring Bradley Beal over Jalen Brown. Get rid of Kemba, and I, I bet you this, this team this team turns around. I promise I just, you. I uh, just to wait. Well, one last thing on Jason Tatum is like, yeah. I know I talk him up so much, but it's like I don't think Boston. I don't want to shit on Celtics fans as a whole, but like I don't think Celtics fans realize how special and how talented this guy really is. Like the greats of basketball, NBA history, Allen Iverson talks this dude up we've had i forget who it was who was it? lebron has marveled at jason tatum like the greats of basketball look at jason tatum and they're like dude that's a dude that you want on your team for the next 10 to 15 years can you imagine jason tatum when he matures and he is 28 29 years old and he is it's it's going to be unbelievable and he is Fresh off another three Eastern Conference Finals defeats. Oh, you're driving me nuts, man. It, it, it's it's <laughs> if the Boston Celtics 
end up so if, if this ends up happening right and and we miss the eastern conference finals next two years and because of the pressure in boston they trade jason tatum that is going to be the biggest mistake in celtics franchise history and it will ruin the franchise for the next five to ten years and that is a that's guarantee. why it has to be brown it, it can't be tatum you can't do it it has to be brown it has to be him and then Kem- Kem- Kemba's off the books in 2023. But, but I mean, my, honestly, listen, Hor- Horseshoe's number two, <laughs> a.k.a. Danny Ainge. You have you, you got to get rid of Kemba in the offseason. You, you, you have to at this point. Like, I'm praying to the heavens above that Kemba balls out this postseason because his stock will go way up because that's what we need. Get his ass to Logan Airport immediately. I'm talking about as soon as the playoffs is over, I'm going to go bring him to the clan box out of Quincy, not a sponsor. Go get him some seafood. Get him, put him in, put his luggage in the suburban truck, ship his ass to Logan and send him right back to, to the Bronx or send him down to Charlotte where, where his mom is at, where his wonderful mother's at. Shoot, shoot, send him, send him out of here. He's got to go. I, I love Kemba. You're a you great guy. You don't want Smiley around anymore? more? I, no, I, I, I love him as a person. But I'm like, can you actually <laughs> deliver? And once again, and, 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 and even in the same breath of me kind of killing him, un, until that pass that was made by Kyle Lowry, he had made the game when it played it. They should have had him up 3-0. He made the play. That play to Tice was one of the best plays I've seen in the playoffs ever. So it was just like we, we were that close that we weren't to be worried about, man, what was his knee? Well, you know, we, because we were talking about that. But like, he was he was performing up until that point. But either way, that was last year. This is now. Listen, we got to get the Uber to look at that point. And get I just out. have one one last bit of controversy to dispose of, uh, amongst you. And then we can wrap up. Looking at a stat sheet, there's no real difference between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So I don't care. I mean, I would move. I, I, Jason, yeah, this, this this season, absolutely. This season, sure. Like Jason is not a – if you could get a Bradley Beal for Jason Tatum to play with Jalen Brown, I would do it. No, no way. No, the other way around. It's, it's got to be Brown. Yeah, but, yeah, but Jalen's, Jalen's not going to get him. Yeah, but Tatum, Tatum – why, why, Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Bobby. Why, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't – because people in the league, because people in the league regard Jason Tatum a, 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 as this next big thing. Because he is. Because he, cause he is. <laughs> like, I can't stress. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown can get you Bradley Beal. If you have to, maybe, listen, maybe you have to ship in, you know, how you want to give them Grant Williams. You want to give them, listen, you want to give them my niece and nephew. Fine. Give them whatever <laughs> you want. I, I, I would take Bradley Beal. Here in a heartbeat, and I think Jalen Brown as the centerpiece around that deal with a couple of picks, like that, definitely gets that deal done. Yeah, Absolutely gets so that too. deal done. No, no way. No, no way. one's no one's beating that deal either. You yeah, know what and, I mean? No you know one's what I'm beating saying? that you, deal. You get that, and then it's just now. You know, then obviously you know you find a way to get rid of Kemba. Um, to another team, and it, you know, remember that I think that Kemba deal we talked about him going to Dallas, like Tim Hardaway and Nasty Cleaver, whatever. Like, that's how you build out that and you surround that bench. And also, I think they need to resign Fournier too. I know it's I, early, I, I but go, re, 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 resign him. And so now, then, then you have a deeper team around Tatum, and then you just you let him go. To, you just let him go from there because Bradley Beal could play point guard. You let, and he's six five. Now you don't have a weakness defensively. You got is Beal smart Tatum. I don't know, whoever your four is, and then Rob Williams. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Let, let's go. Let's go. That's what, that's go. What I, I just I, – I always reiterate it. It's like this is the worst Celtics bench I've seen in maybe 10 years. So so to say that this these guys don't have it because last year, yeah, all right. We'll judge them on last year for sure. But I, I just don't see this year as a clear indicator of it. I do agree with Ray on Fournier, though. Fournier, it, it, I think, is going to be a good piece down the stretch. And that's also an impressive thing that we've been doing this without him. Last thing on Kemba, too. Every time he scores, anytime he scores 20 points, the Celtics have won 60% of those outings. So anytime Kemba... What what do you know? You don't say. Anytime (laughs) Kemba is the Kemba that we signed, that we had last year, we are on par with that team. Last year, we had about a 60% winning percentage. When Kemba scores 20, we win about 60% of our games. Fact is, he doesn't do that much anymore. But so Kemba is an X factor, but I agree. He is the guy that you got to move. And don't fucking trade Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Please, just please don't do it. I promise you we're going to be sad if we do it, unless we get Bradley Beal. If Bradley Beal comes in here, I will have a Bradley Beal jersey 
on right. for that podcast. Immediately, I'm, like, I'm, so, going, I'm going straight like, to the card and immediately <laughs> I don't have a Jalen Brown jersey, but I will yeah. have a Bradley Beal jersey. I'll yeah, say facts, that. facts. Like while I'm so excited, Bobby, that you know, because it pained me actually to my core as a sports person when you said that this team wasn't even fun to watch anymore. It sounds like you've bought in a little bit more to them. You're back. Yeah. They, they, they they can still prove it. You know, I, for me, I, I can't go one show without saying that. I don't – now, I, I mean this because I love watching uh, basketball in all sports. I don't trust this team. And everything that I said and that you said and that Rayshon said three weeks ago holds true to me if in June we're talking about an Eastern Conference Finals exit. Because if that's the ceiling with these players that you that everyone has deemed, one of them being the next big thing, then we need to do something and we need to do it quick because what we don't want is for Jason or Jalen to, to, to become snake bitten and believe that, all right, well, I, I, this is it. Like I just I can't go further here, so I need to go further somewhere else. Yeah, I, I just hope it doesn't get to the point that it does feel – I hate to always relate it back to the Cowboys, but I, I just hope we don't get to the point where we judge these guys without giving them the tools and pieces that they – that a lot of all the superstars have been given to succeed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you look at a guy like Brad Stevens, horseshoes. Sorry. We look at a guy like horseshoes and – I just don't feel like he, like we've said it so many times, he's not the guy to get you to that championship level. And, and I said that earlier, common denominator between the teams, bro, Brad Stevens, a.k.a. So, he's, he's, he's Andy Reid in Philadelphia. He's going to keep getting you there to that point, to that brink, and then it's like, and who knows? But And then he, guess what? You ate some chunky soup before the game, and all of a sudden your throw-ups throw all over up, your right, shoes. Exactly. <laughs> right. Kemba is McNabb. And that's what's going on right now. That's exact. That's the whole. Oh, that's such, oh, Rashawn. That's such a good comparison. Kemba is McNabb. <laughs> that that's exactly what's going on. Horseshoes is Andy Reid. He, he's he's got to go. Got to go. Jason gotta go. Tatum's not T.O. Don't even think about fucking saying it. Like I mean, no, 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 no. Yeah, but that, that's how he feels though. That, that's how he feels right now. He, he wants to say it. Just the piss. No, I, I, I will It's. I think. I, I think this is a great place to to, to kind of end. I I really I love the fact that everyone is. That, that the excitement meter is a little bit elevated more than it was before about the Boston Celtics. Let's see if they can do what they need to do to keep it elevated. So for, for we, Bob we gotta Kelly. got this guy. Yeah, you, you got to go through LeBron. For those of you that yeah, aren't going to be watching this on YouTube, yeah, thanks for yeah. podcast, you know. I like uh, those shoes. But for Craig D'Alessandro, thank you so much for producing. The Real BK, Bob Kelly, thank you so much. And uh, just on a personal note, based on what we talked about at the beginning of the show, Ray, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I know that we don't look like you, but we love you and we are here for you. None of this shit should be happening the way that it is. I'm sorry that it is. We are here with you. So for you and everyone else, thank you so much for listening to Missing the Point, and we'll talk to you later. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your hosts for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid.